Welcome to the OKC First Church of the Nazarene podcast. At OKC First, we are learning to do three things. Friendship with God, friendship with one another, and open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. When Angie and I uh, went to the Philippines to begin a missionary, our missionary service in 1993, we were in Asia for 19 years, we had no idea what was to come or what to expect. But one thing that all the missionaries, whoever has been on a mission trip or, or been missionaries, can tell you that when we do uh, obey God and give up things at home, give up comforts, give up homes, family, all that, God does keep his promises. And so one of the things that he has definitely kept for us is he has expanded our family around the world. So even though we left our family in the U.S., we have gained family. And so it, it brings me great privilege today to introduce to you my brother, uh, Dr. Kwan Dong Hwan. Um, in 97, when uh, we were just beginning our, uh, really developing our media center, our multimedia training center in the Philippines, uh, Dr. Kwan and his wife, Mill, they came to the Philippines as a young couple to study at APNTS, new Christians, in fact. And, uh, and so, uh, became obvious right away that Bill and Mill were just such eager, hungry uh, students. And uh, through the course of of the degree program there, God laid it upon their hearts to become missionaries. And so we had the privilege of working with them, helping to write a grant to help them receive uh, a Ph.D. program at the University of Philippines. He's he's, uh, stayed there, got the degree, and in full circle, just uh, became one of the professors there. And when God called us to go to Singapore, it was a natural fit that Dr. Uh, Kwan Dong Hwan would take over the role that I had there in the Philippines. And so they have, uh, they're just such precious people, precious family, and I'd like to think that we could take some credit for the fact that they also have four children. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> four precious children, and you'll hear a little bit more about the entire family. You can see their picture there. Um, but Dr. Kwan is a humble servant of God. And in fact, as he was preparing to go to a, perhaps take a position as a professor at KNU in Korea, God called him to be a servant in Myanmar. And so I want to have you uh, put your hands together this morning and welcome Dr. Kwan Dong Hwang to the uh, stage and hear his story of what God is doing in Asia. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I was not quite sure in the morning. I was a little bit down. Maybe I was tired. I just prayed and I came to the church and I began worshiping the Lord in this great sanctuary. But the Lord has restored my soul. I was so filled with the Spirit. And uh, as my missionary, my colleague, my teacher, my professor, my boss, (laughs) and my my brother, Doc Fleming, introduced me, and I just feel like this is the time that our Lord Jesus Christ is going to speak through me. I'm not sure how I can tell my story, but I'm certainly sure that it is the story of our Lord Jesus Christ who works with his people. My story, maybe I'd like to begin with the story of the seminary at Asia Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary. Um, we, we had a beautiful campus. I, I like to say we have a beautiful campus. The campus was maintained by just the one amazing guy called Ernesto. Ernesto works very well, and he has a one son called EJ. He often came to follow his dad when his dad was working on a campus. He had a big smile. He jumped and hopped around all the campus and gave all these beautiful smiles. We loved him. But one day we had a faculty devotion in the morning. 
we received an urgent prayer request. And that request was from Ernesto about EJ. EJ was hospitalized because of diphtheria. Diphtheria was not really, um, not a prevent, it, it, it is a preventable disease. In Korea, the Korean government gave a free vaccination for all the children who were born. But in the Philippines, it's a different story. It caused, we learned later, a nearly half of the father's salary. So Ernesto could not give a vaccination when EJ was born. After a few days, um, EJ was hospitalized. His life was with the Lord. We're so sad that we're so desperately praying to, to the Lord. Lord, what is going on? We have so much great campus. We have a nice um, community here in this campus. But what is going on of our loving brothers and sisters who are just living with us, our neighbors? And that experience, we begin to look around um, our neighbors beyond the wall. And we realize that there are hundreds and thousands of children like EJ who do not even have the basic vaccination for their life. And we begin to pray how we seminary community becomes a light and a salt to the people who live with us. And where we found a beautiful community called Rowena's. Rowena's has been living with our seminary forever. <laughs> but it was unseen community because it, uh, it is a um, squatter community. When we get into a district office, we couldn't find any of these people in the district office because they're all illegal squatters. But they're beautiful people. We came, as a seminary, came into the community and prayed with them how we can help them out. And we started a project called Dengue Fever Prevention Project by the support of Korean Food for the Hungry International. This community is, has more than 2,000. Now it's more than 3,000 people. And there are about 226 children registered under our program but their household income is just less than, more or less than $120 a month because of the poverty. Around 57 children drop out before they graduate high school. Because of the poverty, they do not have a future. Their yesterday was the same as today, and their tomorrow will be the same as today. We started as a project of community development. We later learned that it is not just the dengue prevention that improves their lives. We learned that the, the, the problem comes with the hopelessness mind that they do not have tomorrow. So we, start, we started really praying how we can change their tomorrow. So we prayed about making their tomorrow different from today. And the wisdom that God has given us is very simple. You clean the community. <laughs> um, I was not really sure that that really helped the community. <laughs> Making their tomorrow is different from today. But simply obeying the word of the Lord, we began cleaning up the community, the creeks together with our seminary, students, faculty, and staffs. One week, another week, and another week, we came again, and we encouraged those people to clean with us. And they do not believe that this just cleaning up of the garbages around their lives can change their tomorrow. 
will be different from today. But amazing things happening. After a year of cleaning of this community, the people began to see the difference of their environment, which is different from yesterday. And they begin to see the hope that their tomorrow will be different and their children's lives will be different from their lives. We started providing portable water projects. We provided a community-based healthcare programs in the community. We started a nursery and kindergartens for the children who are not able to get into even elementary without kindergarten education. Before I left in 2014, we have 152 children going to school through our project, and we have 12 students are going to college. And there are seven of them are committed their lives for a full-time ministry. We started a Bible study in a home in that community. After one year, we are celebrated of 59 new souls for Christ. It, it took nearly two hours <laughs> to, to give all the baptism <laughs> in a swimming pool. I was really chilled. And I was happy to do that. But at the last minute, one young guy came very late. And one of my Filipino pastors who assisted me insisted him to come to be baptized. I was not sure. Did he have a baptismal class? No. Why are you calling him? <laughs> well, because he's coming. <laughs> We can give him a baptismal class after the baptism. <laughs> uh, sometimes that works in the mission field. <laughs> well, I listened to my colleague. So I called him to the water and said, are you sure that you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ? He reluctantly said, yes. Are you sure that you are living with the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. I baptize you with the name of a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I baptize him. But the real work came after my prayer. When he came out of the water in a few seconds, I felt that there was a work of the Holy Spirit touched upon his life. I could not describe more than, I, more than he could say to you, so I made a video testimony how God, the Holy Spirit, touched his life. So yung buhay ko umiikot lang. Wala akong ibang ginawa kundi manigarilyo, maginom, Mag-basketball at <clears throat> pinakamatindi sa lahat. Um, Matuto kong gumamit ng drugs. Pinatawag na marijuana. Dito talaga sa bagay na to na adik ako. Inimbite ako sa isang baptism daw. No? Sabi swimming daw. No? Nabaptize na sila lahat. Ang pastor. Ako na yung huling-huli. At ayaw ko naman talaga mag-baptize. Pero tinawag ako nung, ano, nung pastor. Magpabautisme na daw ako, sabi ko. Amang naglalakad ako papunta sa pastor na yun. No? Hindi ko alam na kung bakit tumutulo yung luha ko. Parang may nagpa-flashback sa akin na yung mga gawain ko na ginagawa. Pag lubog sa akin, pag-ahong na luha, matapos yung pangyayaring yun, no? Parang napakagaan, napakaramdam ko. Parang naramdaman ko na merong yung mayakap sa akin na hindi ko nakikita. Kinausap ko ang Panginoon. 
Lord, pinakita mo sa akin kung sino ako dati. Hanggang ganito na lang ba ako? Pagkatapos ng pangyayari niya na maranasan ko yung kapangyarihan ng Panginoon, napansin ko na yung mga bagay na mga bisyo ko, naiwasan ko na. Naiwasan ko na. Nagbago na yung rutina ng buhay ko. Umikot na yung buhay ko sa, sa loob ng simbahan. Tinanong ko sa Panginoon, Lord, ano ba yung nais mong gawin sa buhay ko? Habang nagpe-pray ako, umiyak ako. Bigla na lang sa likod ko, merong isang pastor na hindi ko kilala. Pinagpe-pray niya ako. Yung prayer niya sa akin, gawin mo, tuparin mo yung kalooban niya. Tuparin mo yung kalooban niya. Nalulungkot ako sa tuwing nakakita ko ng mga tao. Mga tao, hindi pa nakakilala sa Panginoon. Nalulungkot din ako, no? Kasi alam ko rin yung, alam ko yung pakiramdam. Pag ikaw ay, ano, pag ikaw ay sa ganung kalagayan, yung number one desire ko sa buhay ko, yung patuloy pang magpabago sa Panginoon, magamit pa maitili sa kaharian ng Panginoon, sa mga nanay na hinahandalan, binabible study namin, no? mabago yung buhay nila, yung, yung routine ng buhay nila, no? tapos yung mga kaibigan ko, mga mga kabarkada ko, mga katropa ko na nakasama ko sa kalokohan. Gusto ko magamit ako ng Panginoon para para sila ay makilala din or mawin din. Madala ko sila sa Panginoon. Sa mga bata. Kahit bata pa lang sila, mapakilala ko na kung sino si Jesus sa buhay ko. Sa gayon, hindi na sila hindi na sila hindi na nila maranasan ko yung mga bagay na naranasan ko. Yung buong buhay ko, may alay ko sa Panginoon. It reminded me when my wife and I came to the Philippines without knowing much what God Um, had a plan in our life. Jesus Christ saved my life through the International Nazarene Fellowship. But it was one Sunday evening when I attended a Korean um, student fellowship at Asia Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary. When we was singing a song amazing grace. God was just touched my heart. And as he gave all the flashbacks of the Billy's life, our Lord gave the whole of my past in just a moment. At the end of all the flashback, there was Jesus Christ who stand and call me. I was waiting for you. After that experience, I couldn't stop crying. I remember I cried about three months straight. Whenever I attended a service, I couldn't stop crying with my wife. It is the Lord who called us. Even though we are wandering around in the life of sins, but it is indeed the power of Holy Spirit who transformed the life of people and who called people for his ministry. 17 years later, I experienced the same power of Holy Spirit who transformed the life of Brother Billy. The passage of scripture this morning we read came from Acts chapter 16. Even Apostle Paul was directed by the power of Holy Spirit. He was preparing his going into second missionary journey. He did a great job for his first missionary journey, and he planned and he wanted to visit his churches he planted. I'm sure that I love to go back 
to Rowena's again and see how God worked the life of these people. But Holy Spirit had a different plan. Apostle Paul did not understand about the lead of the Holy Spirit first just a time, second time. But the third time, the Holy Spirit came up in his dream with the man called Macedonians. And he shouted, you, come over to Macedonia and help us. When Apostle Paul heard the voice from the man, he realized that it is the Lord our God and the Holy Spirit who leads him, not his plan, but in different ways. He obeyed. He moved immediately to a city called Macedonia, where he landed in the city called Philippi. Wandering around, not knowing much, but he found a group of ladies in their village. And he, he, he preached the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there was a, man, a lady called Lydia, whose heart was prepared by God. And where she received Jesus Christ and invited Apostle Paul over her house and opened her house, invited households, and they're all baptized. That household became the first church, house church, in the city of Philippi. But it was indeed the first church in the whole entire country of Macedonia and entire continent of Europe where the message of God came over all over the world. When Apostle Paul obeyed the call of our Lord Jesus Christ, without knowing much, his plan began. And this is missions. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. When we were receiving a call, invitation from Korea Nazarene University in 2013. We're so excited. My wife and I all called as a full-time professor of a great university in Korea. We're happy to go home, coming home. Our salary will be 10 times higher than the salary we receive. Our kids will have their loving families of their grandparents. And we have a great pensions and benefits for our life. But most of all, we are so happy that our, our presence was recognized. And the people who need to call us back home. But when we prayed, we have something not sure of. My heart was not 100% sure going back home. I was so excited, but whenever I pray, there's something that is coming up from my heart. And I was not sure what was it. But I had a chance to teach at Myanmar Nazarene Bible College for two weeks, and I met a Korean pastor. The pastor knows my situation very well. And he said, he's actually tell the story. His story was about two windows. And he said, we, all Christians, have two windows. One window is the window of the past. If you open the window of the past and look for your past, you see how God provided in each one of your turning points of your life. And indeed, God was just providing um, amazing grace to my life. But he said, remember, we have another window, the window of the future. If you open the window of the future, you will see that Jesus Christ is standing and waiting at the end of the window. And no one can avoid standing and be judged by our Savior Jesus Christ. All our ministers, Christians, when we have to make our decisions for our future, 
we have to always look for the end of our um, window of the future and think about how we can answer when we are asked, what have you done for me? And he continued, the Lord our God is not going to ask how many books you published, how many dissertations you made, how many members in your church, how, may, how much is your sanctuary that you built, but he's going to ask only one thing, how many ships, how many lost ships that you saved for me. There was only one reason that I came on earth and died for. That night, I heard from the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm not disgracing of all the seminary professors, but my intention was not right. I was thinking more about better situations, better salary package, better ministry opportunities, but not the way that God called us. That night, I sent an email to the seminary KNU president that we will not go home. And I sent another email to our missions. We will not stay at the seminary anymore. We want to go out and save the lost souls, what I experienced with the brother Billy and Rowena's. Next day, Southeast Asian Field Strategy Coordinator emailed me, I want you to come to Myanmar. And at that email, I received a complete assurance that this is the call of our God. Brothers and sisters in this great church, I'm not sure how, how God talks to your, your life, to your story, but I'm sure that God is calling each one of you is a unique way to serve the Lord. But to serve the Lord is only one thing, how we can continue to look for the lost sheep that our Lord Jesus Christ came for. When I came to Myanmar, I was so excited. I have a passion for reaching out this Burmese for Christ. And the Ezrins were indeed looking for a missionary to come and help. And our pastors came and guided me to one church over another one church over another, and they said, wow, we need you to help pray for this church. This church building is dying, <laughs> and we have one pastor's quarter we need to rebuild, and I was so happy. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. This is the word of the Lord. We can do that, but at the last day, they invited me to attend a church called Nine Mile Church, and that's where I received another call of the Lord. The church was led by a lady called Lin Pui. She loves the Lord. She just loved the Lord coming to church, worshiped the Lord in her entire life. But she lost her son, daughter three years ago. In Myanmar context, it is not the son, but daughter who takes care of the aging parents. She was so disappointed. Lord, I serve you. I love you. But what is going on in my later life? Who is going to take care of me? But one day the Lord touched her heart, saying that it is not your daughter, but it is me who takes care of your life. She learned that nothing that she can depend on but Lord. And from that moment, she began a compassionate heart to, to see these people around his house, her house, uh, people who do not know Jesus Christ. 
but her, her home is nine miles away from the church. And in Myanmar context, you know, it's very hard to bring a friends or family to nine miles without a car or road. She asked a local pastor, Pastor, please help me to start a, a worship in my home so I can begin to invite my friends and relatives. And this is her home. For three years, she served the home church by inviting one friends and relatives over. And she was able to save 11 people in that small house church. I just learned that this is what the Lord is telling us. We're not asking to build buildings, but the Lord is just telling me that this is the church that I want you to plant, and this is the disciples that I want you to educate. From that experience, I learned I made a three simple strategy called Lydia strategy or Lin Pui strategy. The first, we focus on lay-centered ministry. For the past years, we've just focused on developing full-time pastors, but God is just giving us these people in everywhere. We see the stories of these people whose hearts are just giving to the Lord, and they gave everything to the Lord because it is the Lord who called them into ministry. Use their home. <laughs> their homes will be a beautiful church. When I worshiped the Lord in their small nine, my church, I was just to feel the presence of the Lord. And it is the church because there is God and there is Jesus Christ who transformed the lives of these people. And our job is not building a building, but our job is to go out and train these people to serve the Lord in their communities. I tried to share that idea to our Myanmar pastors. The Myanmar pastors for 31 years, they were not trained in that way. They're so disappointed. This missionary came and they, they hope that this missionary can build more buildings. And he's saying something different and they're so disappointed. But when I preached that same message and that night, one Myanmar guy came over and he said, this is what I want. And this is what I have been praying for. I was wondering about this guy. I was asking my translator, who is this guy? And they said, this is called lay evangelist. What is that? His life is just to go out and evangelize people. He's, he was not trained. He was not graduating Bible college. But he's just spent his life to tell the good news to the people in their neighborhoods. He asked me, can you join your meetings? We had about, we about to start a strategic planning meetings with our Myanmar leaders. And I said, why not you join us for three days? Whenever I share about something weird to the eyes of our Myanmar pastors, he stood up and shared and encouraged all our pastors. And our pastors began to see the plan of the Lord. After three days, we made a plan called Vision 2020. And this is what they have committed for the Lord. For 31 years, they planted, they built 22 buildings, but they're now praying for 200 community of believers. They pray for 200 people like Lin Pui or Tana. They pray for 15,000 new souls and 12,000 worship attendances. Now reaching out 10 states for the Lord. This is impossible plan, I know. Probably I have to teach them stability or feasibility of the strategy <laughs> planning. But I am so excited because they now begin to see something that is beyond of their capacity. Because this is something that we cannot do and they begin to pray for the Lord. We pray for bringing Myanmar people for Christ. Bringing Myanmar people 
for Christ in the nations. When we arrived in Thailand, Bangkok, we're not sure why do we have to stay in Bangkok, not Myanmar, Yangon. Our mission assigned us to become a country coordinator for Myanmar, but they said, you stay in Bangkok, Thailand. But when I heard that there are more than 3 million Burmese living and working in Bangkok, Thailand, I was thrilled. And this is the plan of the Lord. I immediately take a Facebook messages from my Myanmar friends. If you know anybody who is working in Bangkok, please let me know. I like to go and pray with them. You know what? One of my former students at the seminary working in Malaysia texted me. I have a dear friend working in downtown Bangkok, and this is the number. Praise the Lord. I just immediately called him and met him that night at the downtown Bangkok, a food court of a big department store, and this is Pastor Chris. I shared about my vision, and he just responded to the call of the Lord. He was teaching five years at the Bible College near border between Thailand and Myanmar, where the 500,000 refugees are. But the Bible College was closed, and he didn't know what to do, and he came over to Bangkok and praying that an opportunity to come to serve the Lord, bringing Myanmar people for Christ in Thailand, Bangkok. From that night, we decided, okay, you and I meet every night here, every, um, every week, Tuesday night here, and we pray for it and see how God works. For five months, we had only him and I, but we didn't discouraged. We, we just keep praying for it for six months. The group grew up, and we have six disciples. God just brought one over another who have the same passion to bringing Myanmar people for Christ in Thailand, Bangkok. In this small group, we began to, they began to open their homes and invite us to come and worship the Lord. And we planted one home church or house church or factory church. And another disciple came up and I want you to come and I'd like to invite my two sisters and our aunt in, in, in my home if you come. And we came and we started another house church. In one factory, there are 150 Burmese workers working. If you come, We'll worship the Lord. He started another service there. And this is the work of the Lord. And we're just excited to see God's people who are not dependent on missionaries and our support, but they're just coming up and invited disciples to come over their house, open their house, and invite their friends and relatives to be baptized. It is indeed the work of the Holy Spirit. We are praying that these Burmese people are standing up, not only in Myanmar, Thailand, but in Malaysia. Singapore, and the United States. We have one of our students from Malaysia just emailed me. I have the same passion to reach out Burmese working in Malaysia. There are more than a million Burmese working in Malaysia. He continued to spend his, his time after work <laughs> plant a small group. Last January, we had a first Nazarene missions visit to their house church. And they began serious, starting and recognizing the first Nazarene church in Malaysia, and there will be a Burmese congregation. In this deputation trip, God is allowing me to meet people who have the same vision with me. 
Pastor Steve from Indianapolis. He invited me over his church and showed his Burmese congregation. And he said there are 17,000 Burmese settled down in Indianapolis. And I want them to come over to our church and start worship the Lord. He shared his story. And this group of people have been wandering around churches over churches. And some churches open their churches to worship, so that they can worship. But you know, these Burmese people, their children were not civilized. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> They're so wandering around, wow, this is a creature it's never been to. So they begin to scratch it out with the crayons, with the dirty hands, and running around, breaking things over. <laughs> when they bring their foods over to their house, the house was just amazed. The, the church was so amazed with the smells that they never, ever smelled before. So one church said, oh, I'm sorry. Next week, we have a function. We cannot let you use our church. Another church said, oh, next week, we have a wedding. Sorry, we cannot use, let you use our church. But this Pastor Steve and this Pastor Ray, no, you come over to our church. This is a house of God. Same thing happened. <laughs> the smells were so bad. One of the church members came to the pastor and said, Pastor, what do you think about this smell? And Pastor Steve said, well, it smells like Jesus. <laughs> you know, when Jesus comes, he's probably like to spend his time eating with the food and smells with his people because they are the ones who need the Lord. If we, Church of the Nazarenes, do not provide facilities in our sanctuaries for the people who are hunger in spirit, who else is going to open the church and take them up as brothers and sisters in Christ? We are not Americans. We are not Koreans. We are not Burmese. We are a family of God. It was a, such an encouragement to me. You, brother... You know the smell of Jesus Christ. The same smell that had been smelled all around in the entire country of Myanmar and in Bangkok. He smelled the same smell. We visited houses and houses in their congregation. We prayed over them. They are so joyful. Thank you for coming to our humble house and pray for us. We couldn't stop visiting one church over one house over another because they're so begging us to come and pray for. They did not ask any money, any food, but they're just, just asking us to come and pray for them because they know this is what they want and this is what they need. We pray for Burmese for Christ in the nations. I'm not sure how many churches, how many nations will respond to the call of this prayer. But I pray that the Lord will open the ways and the hearts of these people. My story is not finished yet. When you invite me in 2017, <laughs> I will tell you more of my stories. <laughs> but I want to close the service um, with a missionary who came over, sacrificed his life. And he was the first one who called our family over his house and have a great dinner fellowship. And he was the first non-Korean family who invited my wife and I over to their house. He prayed for us, and he takes care of our needs. When we do not have something to eat, he always came up with the full of food. When we are praying for our future, he prayed for us encouraging us to study at the seminary. And he provided a swap scholarship for my study. 
when I was about to graduate, planning for my future ministry, he offered a good scholarship package for me. And I want you to study and teach at the seminary. And he offered his teaching positions for me. And I enjoyed teaching at the seminary. When he moved to Singapore, he offered me his job, giving up his great facility and people, World Mission Communications, Asia Pacific. When I was about to move, when we moved to Thailand, we're short of funds. We're seriously praying for sell, selling our 15 years old car <laughs> to pay back of my children's education needs. One night I received an email from GMC that you received a donation about $1,000. And I was thrilled, wow, this is great. But I was crying when I saw the name Doc and Angie Fleming. I know that they come back to this Oklahoma City looking for their works, daily needs, but they never stop praying for us. And I learned this is the life of missionary. And I'm standing here as a product of their prayer. And I promise that I continue to walk in the path that he did for us. So I'd like to invite um, Pastor Doug Fleming to come over and pray for our ministry and our service. Father, we are so humbled today to hear once again of your great love that is being spread around the world. The story continues in ways that we're not always sure about. Um, But Lord, you stand uh, inviting all of us into mission, into your story, and we're thankful for that. Lord, I'm so blessed to have Bill and Mill and their kids with us today. So great to be reunited with them. So thrilled to see and hear the way that you have used them and are continuing to use them, Lord. Lord, all glory, all honor, power, and praise be unto you, Father. And I just pray that your hand of anointing would continue to be upon Bill and Mill and their kids, that your Holy Spirit would continue to fill them, give them all the gifts and the graces they need for this incredible ministry there, not only in in the Southeast Asian field, but around the world as we see your work Uh, amongst the the Burmese people who are everywhere, Father. And so we just pray that you would open the doors, that you'd provide the people, provide the means, Lord God, continue to raise up pastors, leaders, lay leaders, Father God, and homes that are open to uh, your kingdom. Father God, we just pray that you'd be with Bill and Mill as they go on from here to travel and speak at other churches and and head back towards New York and, and go on from there back to Asia. Lord, bless them. Bless them so much, Lord. And we'll just give you all the glory, Father, for what you have done and what you will continue to do. For it is your kingdom, Father. And we uh, give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. We were going to continue in worship this morning by gathering at the table. You are the taken, blessed, broken, and given people of God. Each week we gather at this table, and it's obvious that the Kwan family is the taken, blessed, broken, and given people to God's people around the world. And so I want to invite you to go ahead and stand. In a few moments, we're going to invite you to the table. You're going to exit your pew towards your left, and you're going to come forward, and there'll be someone with their hands cupped. And just reach out with cupped hands, and at that moment, someone will place bread this little wafer into your palm and take that, take that wafer and dip it into the juice and that person will say, the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. And as you take that, 
remember that you are the taken, blessed, broken, and given people of God. As you come to the table this morning, we want you to know that God is calling you wherever you are. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask you to bless these elements and God use them and call us creatively, God, through your Holy Spirit to change the world. For on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, do this in remembrance of me. On that same night, he took the the cup and redefining it as his blood of the new covenant given to us for forgiveness of sins, saying, take and drink in remembrance of me. We come to the table here in the Church of the Nazarene with an open table. If you know that you need God, please come as you exit your pews. We also, if you have a hard time getting up, up and around, we're going to have either Britt or Aaron's going to come and find you and be able to present you the bread and cup this morning as well. I want to ask each of us and all of us as we gather at the table to listen to God's call on our life for what mission work we may have for each of us and all of us. Please come to the table. we want to thank you so much for the day you have given us and thank you for the call of God you placed on Bill and Mill's life and their family. Lord, we ask in these moments as we continue in response after receiving the bread and cup that God, you would fill our hearts and minds by your spirit with a call to a people, whether it's our neighbors, people we work with, people at outposts, people around our neighborhood here at Okisi First Church, that, God, you would begin to place names and faces in our lives, the people that, God, you are calling us to. We're grateful for Doug's prayer for Bill. And God asks that you would continue to bless the Quan family as they have been so obedient to the call of God upon their lives. Lord, we're thankful for them. I am our people and ask God you would continue, whether they're in Indianapolis, Oklahoma City, Bangkok, or their homeland, that God, you would reach them for the gospel. Lord, we want to ask that God, you would reach the people of Toronto, the people of Zambia, the people from our neighborhood, and people around the world for your loving, transforming message of peace and love. Lord, thank you for today. And God, we ask that you would, day by day, transform us into a people who carry this message to the world. May we do that using the skills, God, you've given us and the gifts and graces that we find in the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray this morning using debts and debtors. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.